You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What up, world? Welcome on all to a special breaking news episode of The Ocho here on the Blog and the Boys Podcast Network. It is Monday, January 11th, 2021. We hope all is well wherever you are. We hope you're happy, safe, healthy, and we hope that you are excited because the Dallas Cowboys have a new defensive coordinator. Former Atlanta Falcons head coach Dan Quinn is set to be the new DC in Big D. NFL Network's Ian Rappaport, the first to report it on Monday afternoon. Monday morning, ESPN reported that Quinn was the favorite to become the new DC of the Dallas Cowboys. Quinn obviously had a lot of success uh, with the Seattle Seahawks as their defensive coordinator in 2013 and 14. Some success that he parlayed into the head coaching role that he got with the Atlanta Falcons. I wanted to make sure that we all understood exactly who Dan Quinn was, so we fired up the friend machine Gina Kelly from SB Nation, our friend, great friends, been on the Blog and the Boys podcast network a bunch of times in the past. Gina covers the Falcons extensively for Nation, so she knows Dan Quinn better than most. Gina and I had a conversation on Monday because, well, you know, this is exciting. So here is Gina Kelly talking to us about who Dan Quinn is, what his strengths are, what we can expect, what we can be excited about. It is a conversation that I think you are going to enjoy very much. Here she is, Gina Kelly from SB Nation, joins us next right here on The Ocho. Pleased to be joined now by the one, the only, the internationally famous, world-renowned, famous all over the galaxies. You've heard her here on the Blog and the Boys podcast network several times, actually, uh, almost a year ago when we were at Radio Row at the Super Bowl in Miami and earlier in the Cowboys season before everything was terrible when she spoke with Kelsey Charles and Meg Murray on Girls Talking Boys. It is, again, the one, the only, Gina Kelly, Gina Thomas, as some people on the internet know her, namely <laughs> New Orleans Saints fans. Gina, thanks for yes. joining us. <laughs> Hey, RJ, how are you? I'm doing well, better than you, because the Saints did win their playoff games. I imagine you're a bit upset. Mm, You know, I am, and now I'm faced with the difficult quandary of, do I root for Tom Brady, or do Mm. I root against the Saints? I have a lot of soul-searching to do. Personal hell for any Atlanta Falcons (laughs) fan, certainly. Uh, Which is what brings you here. Gina has done more work than anybody ever in the history, again, of the world at the Falcoholic SB Nation's home for Atlanta Falcons content. The Dallas Cowboys have a new defensive coordinator. His name is Dan Quinn. He most recently was the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. Gina, I actually remember last year uh, when we were at the Super Bowl, little peek behind the curtain for everybody. We were putting together guests, like who we wanted to have on. You said, I think I can get Dan Quinn to come on. Um, You know, didn't happen, but you and Dan are pals. Uh, So what are your thoughts on the newest Dallas Cowboys defensive coordinator? So, and I know, you know, obviously the the Cowboys have moved on from Mike, from Mike Nolan, who's also a, he is also formerly the Falcons defensive coordinator and somebody that I know very well. Um, I like Mike a whole lot, but uh, as a person, I do not think that he is a particularly great defensive coordinator. Um, We we all agree with you. 
Yes. Dan Quinn, on the other hand, um, you know, I think that maybe the head coaching role was just a little bit too big for him. Um, I think that it was just too much to juggle. I think that it's too much to keep track of. And they tried some different things like getting a coach to help with, you know, game management decisions and things like that. And it just never really all came together. Um, but early on, I think that, you know, everybody is well aware the team was very good for the first few seasons that he was here. And a lot of that was his shifting philosophy on defense and things like that. Um, I think that Quinn is a much better coordinator than head coach. And I think that he's somebody who maybe just needs more time in a coordinator role. And, you know, I, I think that he actually could be very, very good with the talent that the Cowboys already have. And, you know, also looking toward the draft and free agency, you know, I think that you'll be able to add some pieces to, um, you know, really put him in a position to succeed in terms of just, his coaching philosophy, Quinn is very big on leadership. He's very big on consistency. And I think that those are very good things. And one of the things that I genuinely appreciate about him is that he was so invested in bringing along even guys who were way down the depth chart. When he first started in Atlanta, we used to wait on Fridays for them that, you know, they'd wrap up practice and it, it was usually only like three of us on Fridays. And so we would just hang around and wait for Quinn to be done. And we would have to wait like 30 minutes while he worked one-on-one -on, -one on like on um, spin moves and like, you know, hand technique with Tyler Starr, who was like a seventh round draft pick. Mm -hmm. And so this is a guy who was on the practice squad. He wasn't going to have much of an impact on the field. That didn't stop Dan Quinn from really investing time and energy into helping him become the best player that he could be. And I think that that's something that the Cowboys can really benefit from. And so that in and of itself, I think will make Dan Quinn an asset. I think it's really interesting the kind of emotional connection. The Cowboys went and hired Mike McCarthy. Um, Gene and I, by the way, are recording this on the six year anniversary of Des Bryant's catch at Lambeau Field that Mike McCarthy challenged. So his connection to the Cowboys is obviously well-known. Uh, Dan Quinn, I feel like his first big win was against the Cowboys when they started off, it was like 4-0, his first mm -hmm. four games or whatever. They went to Dallas. Tony Romo was hurt, and he got a really big win. Obviously, the Adrian Claiborne game was under Dan Quinn. And then this past season, the 19-point the blown lead. So, again, just a really funny you know connection there. Um, what would you say was the best defense in totality under Dan Quinn? Because my memory would would say it was the 2017 season for the Falcons. Mm -hmm. um, it was. I mean, well, why? What did it just take a few years for everything? That was his third season. Yeah, I think that it just took a while for everything to gel. Um, and I think that it was a combination of that and then adding talent. You know, they added players like Keanu Neal and Deion Jones. Um, they transitioned Ricardo Allen, who was drafted in the fifth round out of Purdue several years ago as a corner. Right. He's undersized. They transitioned him to free safety where he's actually kind of, you know, found his footing in the league. He's a much better free safety than he was a corner. Um, and then I think, you know, one of the big downfalls for Dan Quinn, and I think that this is not all on Quinn, it also rests on Thomas Dimitrov because it was a blind spot for him the entire time he was in Atlanta. They were really never able to get any pass rush, except like you said, the six sack um, Adrian Claiborne game. And so uh, I think that, you know, that's one of my concerns with Quinn is that they never really were able to coach up the talent that they had. <coughs> Excuse me. It's emotional for Gina. Yeah. It, it is emotional for me. Um, they, they really weren't able to coach up the talent that they had to, you know, get an effective pass rush going. And I think they had a blind spot there with evaluating talent. So they didn't really 
pull in the right people to do it. But um, yeah, other than that, you know, I think that he, the 2017 defense really was the best. And it was a combination of them acclimating to his tackling style. Quinn likes to use like a rugby tackling style, um, which is supposed to be safer for both the player who's tackling and being tackled and prevent injuries and things like that, which is always good. Um, and yeah, he also has a really strong focus on creating takeaways and getting the offense back on the field. And I think that, you know, the Cowboys do have some people who can make that happen. So I think that that does put Quinn in a good position right off the bat. So you mentioned the lack of a, not lack, but the difficulty in finding a pass rush. And again, I think this is certainly on the GM shoulders as well, but Vic Beasley and like the, the fallout for him, I think you could put a lot of it on him too. Uh, and again, mm-hmm. maybe that miss falls on, on Thomas Dimitrov, but what was the story there? Like why, why did that, what was his issue? I guess to make every Cowboys fan feel better, like maybe it was Vic Beasley's fault. I, uh, so I, I actually know Vic very well too. Vic and I do well, well, we used to both volunteer with a, um, an organization here in Atlanta called Rally Foundation. They do work nationwide, raising money for children's cancer research and experimental treatments and supporting families of children who are going through cancer treatments. A wonderful organization. And it was just always really interesting, interesting to me to do rally events with Vic and see how engaged and like excited he was to be there. He was really passionate about that. I don't think that Vic is passionate about football. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is the main issue. You know, we saw he was signed by Tennessee. He went and he, you know, crashed and burned there, um, showed up late, no real explanation. And then he landed with the Raiders. Uh, You know, he just, I don't think that he, I don't think that he wants to play football. Um, When Vic was coming out, he was pretty much universally considered to be the best pick the Falcons could have made at that position in terms of need and in terms of talent at that draft pick. Um, he was, you know, one of the most highly touted draft prospects, you know, edge rushers that season or that year. And so I, I really think that Vic was more on Vic. I think that he is not passionate about football. I think that he didn't really know that until he got into it. He also had a very difficult rookie season. Um, his father had, he was in the hospital with a cirrhosis of the liver and ended up passing away toward the end of the season. And so I think that that also may have kind of shifted his perspective a little bit. Um, that was, a, that made for a much more difficult transition to the NFL than he would have had otherwise. And so that definitely, I think, impacted his experience. But I think that Vic just doesn't care that much about playing football. I think he's, he's you know, talented enough to get teams to throw money his way. And I right. mean, secure the bag, my guy. Like if somebody's going to give you millions of dollars to not get any sex, I wish somebody would do that for me. <laughs> um, I also, that's a great point. Um, but I also like, again, and maybe this is why the Falcons are looking for a new general manager. Tack McKinley was somebody who the Cowboys were connected to a lot in, in mm-hmm. 2017. They, uh, they ended up taking Taco Charlton over TJ Watt, not a miss at all. Um, but so that didn't work out and he was really pissed off this past mm-hmm. year. Um, and so again, I mean, I don't, I'm not, you know, every Cowboys fans now looking for like reasons to believe in Dan Quinn. Um, the, the two like quote unquote best edge rushers he was ever given both had a lot of personal issues. It would seem. Yeah. And you know, with tack, I think it's mostly a maturity issue. Right. And this is something that we've seen, you know, since, you know, shortly after we drafted him, you know, he 
was always starting shenanigans on uh, on social media. At one point, he blocked the entire Falcoholic staff because one guy said he thought Tax should tweet less. And I was like, I think you should tweet as much as you want me. Block me immediately. I'm like, okay. Um, but yeah, with with Tack, I think it's a maturity issue. I think that Tack also expected, you know, he came in also very highly touted. Right. Um, I was thrilled about the pick. I thought that he was going to be great. He was held back by a shoulder injury, which is very difficult for an edge rusher to overcome. And it was something that really lingered. And so I think that that slowed down his development. He also, because he came out of UCLA, he had to go back and like he missed the rookie off-season activities like the rookie mini camp and things like that and in my experience the um the uh pac-12 rookies who have to do that end up being just a step behind and so i think that slowed down his development the injury slowed down his development and then it was just a matter of he could never really catch up and that was frustrating to him he obviously had frustrations with the team and then here we are. So, right. Yeah. I do think um, to go back to the Vic Beasley draft, um, you mentioned Deion Jones, you mentioned Keanu Neal. I think those are the names people first think of. Maybe Ricardo Allen's number three, kind of an unsung hero. Same draft class as Vic Beasley, his teammate at Clemson, Grady Jarrett. Um, mm-hmm. The Cowboys have been looking for, you know, a star at defensive tackle for a long time. How much of Grady Jarrett's development would you attribute, in your opinion, to Dan Quinn? Actually, a lot. Um, I I really would. And Grady is also somebody who who puts in the work himself. I mean, he is somebody who loves the game, works very hard, and he does have a ton of natural talent. The only reason that he fell so far in the draft is because he's undersized for the defensive tackle position. But that gives him a lot of burst and a lot of explosion coming up through the middle. And he is able to really harass opposing quarterbacks. And so I do think that in terms of technique and just developing that burst, I would give Dan Quinn a lot of credit for Grady's development and also for selecting him. Um, You know, that Dan Quinn and Thomas Dimitrov did work very closely together on which players to draft, which players to add to the roster through free agency. And so I do give Dan credit for Grady's, not just his performance, but his development over time. On the subject of free agency, I remembered Bruce Irvin signed with the Falcons. And Mm -hmm. again, kind of not a super notable thing, again, in my memory. How many, because this always happens, I feel like when, like when when the Cowboys did hire Mike McCarthy to be their head coach, I immediately said, okay, who are the available free agents that played for the Packers, right? And so how often did that happen? Did did you see former Seahawks? Because obviously that was where Dan Quinn made his bread prior to Atlanta. How often did you was it because the only one that came to my mind immediately was was Bruce Irvin. Was it was it kind of a frequent thing? I don't think that it was. The Falcons were linked to pretty much every free agent from right. Seattle because of Dan Quinn. But I I can't really think of anybody else off the top of my head either, except for Bruce who signed with them. Right. Yeah. I, so, I do wonder, because Richard Sherman is a free agent this offseason. That was that was kind of like the, the birth of the thought in my mind. So um, I don't know. We'll see. But uh, my last one, because I think a, a point that should be underscored is, again, this is my perception here. I um, I think I've told you this. Well, I know I've, I've told you, you know, I was at Super Bowl 51, and so I'm really sorry. Uh, but the, <laughs> the following year, I – really killed the Falcons in a lot of senses. And I thought it was super impressive that they made the playoffs. I know they lost to the eventual Super Bowl champion Eagles. Uh, arguably should have won that game there at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought that was that was one of the most impressive playoff bursts that any team has ever had, to be able to do that 
in the immediate aftermath of, of you know, the 20 to 3 nonsense. And so I know that Dan Quinn, I remember watching something, it was some special about how he took the Falcons to do some sort of military training. I remember there were like mm-hmm. logs involved or, or trees yes. or something. Yes. Um, he, he does feel or seem like a really great leader. And that is something that is very sorely needed, especially on the defensive side of the ball for the Cowboys right now. Can you kind of just talk about that element to his coaching tree? Yes, it is something that um, this is probably the the thing that I have enjoyed most about working alongside Dan Quinn over the time over his time with the Falcons. Um, I would go up to the facility on Wednesdays to shoot my local TV segment and I would get there right usually when Dan was doing his conference call with the opposing teams media. And so I would go in the media room, I would, you know, hang out and be quiet till he was done, then he would come to the back of the room and sit and chat with me about leadership and I would just none of this was ever on the record. It was just a conversation. And it was fascinating to me to hear about how focused he was on developing guys as leaders, first and foremost, because his perspective was if they're leaders off the field, they're going to be leaders on the field, and that's going to give us a better on-field product. And I think that that's very true. And the thing that stood out to me the most, and this is something that I have tried to you know, incorporate into my own professional life as a manager is that he would help develop them as leaders based on their strengths. So like Deion Jones is a pretty quiet guy. He's not, you know, boisterous or loud or like very outgoing. He's, he's pretty, you know, introverted and quiet and, um, but they needed him to really be the voice of that defense. They needed him to be the quarterback of that defense. And so that's how they developed him. And in some ways it was as simple as you have to speak more loudly. Mm-hmm. And then in other ways, it was just like, you know, this is how you set the example for your teammates, because that's the way that he is more comfortable leading. And so I think that he does a really good job of actually getting to know his players on a personal level and understanding them and the way they tick to help them develop as leaders. Interesting. Well, um, I think I'm excited. This was, I think, my most preferred option of the ones that Cowboys had been connected to. I do think there are a lot of guys that, that just aren't cut out to be head coaches, aren't aren't mm-hmm. cut out to deal with the day-to-day and all the stuff, and they can fly a little bit better under the radar as defensive coordinators. I think – I know he's he's moving on this offseason specifically, but like Jim Schwartz with the Eagles I think is a great example of that, just somebody who's more mm-hmm. well-suited for that specific job. Gina Kelly on Twitter at Gina Thomas. You can hear her on the SB Nation NFL show. You can see her all over. SBNation.com at the Falcoholic. Any actually, Gina, uh, last thing, give us something to stream on like Netflix or something, something you've enjoyed watching. And it can't be super mainstream like the Queen's Gambit, like something a little bit more unique. I I actually haven't. So I read this book, it's by Celeste Ng. Uh, a couple of years ago, it's called Little Fires Everywhere, and it's on Hulu. There's a series, and it has um, it has Reese Witherspoon and Nominee Awesome was wife. Oh, um, oh, the, yeah, what, <laughs> um, she's in the 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 Shonda Rhimes uh, political yes. show, right? What's it called? Yes, um, yeah, yes, Scandal. Thank and you. Yes, is that right? Yes. And anyway, I, I, her name is escaping me because I worked like twenty four hours this weekend. But um, <laughs> it is so well acted. It is it is a fascinating story, and it's just really really good. Um, and so that I actually stayed up late and finished that last night which is part of the reason that I'm so tired. <laughs> it's, it's really excellent. So little fires everywhere on Hulu. That is what I'm recommending this week. And look at that. You made it kind of football-ish with Nambi Asamoah. Good times. I did. 
Uh, Gina (laughs) Kelly, thank you so much for taking the time to join us, get some rest, and uh, we'll talk to you next time the Cowboys and Falcons meet up, which will probably be sooner rather than later. Sounds good. Thanks, RJ. Want to give a big time shout out, big time thank you to Gina Kelly for taking the time to join us about Dan Quinn. Very exciting stuff. Make sure you stay tuned to blogintheboys.com as we will tell you everything that you need to know about Dan Quinn, his scheme, what players can have success in it, so on and so forth. Make sure, by the way, you go subscribe to the Blog and the Boys YouTube channel where we will have some film reviews on Dan Quinn's strengths and whatnot. I was actually uh, doing a live stream on the YouTube channel when this news broke, which was a lot of fun. Uh, by the way, on the subject of Dan Quinn, it was reported by by Michael Gelkin of the Dallas Morning News that Dan Quinn uh, is, you know, He's got a three-year deal with the Dallas Cowboys, and that is important. And I said this on the YouTube show because Kellen Moore got a three-year deal with the Dallas Cowboys. This puts them on the same timeline, which is very important for continuity when it comes to the Dallas Cowboys coaching staff. So without further ado, get pumped. Dan Quinn, the Dallas Cowboys, it has happened. Tony Casillas and I will be here on Tuesday for the latest episode of the 750, but you do me a favor. You have the absolute best Monday of all time. Have the absolute best Tuesday of all time. You know why? Because you deserve it. We will see you in Indiana, my friends. As always, go Cowboys and peace out.